Someone needs to pay. We need pain. Looking at you, Andy Haynes. As Bill Michael said yesterday, I don't normally do this. I don't normally call for the firing of people, and I'm sure he's got a nice family and he's nice himself, but <laughs> someone someone needs to be the fall guy, and it's Andy Haynes. Rowdy, you were saying, and we were looking here at um, what David Stearns' moves, because we were going through the list. It's like, oh, Mark Adonacio, the, the owner's not going to fire himself. Craig Council's not going to be fired. You know, they've been in the playoffs, what, three three times in a row? And then it's going to be, well, okay, Craig Council's not going to be fired. Chris, or is it Chris, Chris Hook, right? The uh, Yep. Chris Hook, pitching the pitching coach. coach, he ain't going to be fired because he's been actually like doing his job at a high level. And I'm looking at one guy, probably Andy Haynes. I'm looking at Andy Haynes like, you got to be the fall guy. But during that, I'm like, well, could you name how many bad moves have David Stearns, the GM, really had? Because right now you're looking at a lot of players that Stearns has acquired on the Lodo who really aren't, you know, holding their weight. And a lot of guys that probably shouldn't even be in the majors, to be honest with you. And this is the Milwaukee Brewers, 117 and 10, now 21 and 22. So Rowdy's like, okay, well, I'm going to start looking at the moves that David Stearns has made. I brought up Jonathan Scope three years ago. David Stearns actually apologized for doing that. And I think was his first bad move when he first became GM was DFAing Scooter Jeanette. Was that his first yeah, bad move? Yeah, that was the first one where I think a lot of people really got upset, took notice and got upset. So I can think of I can think of Jonathan Scope, I can think of Scooter Jeanette, and other than that, I have a hard time like really thinking of ones that are like blatantly obvious. But you are were doing a little deep dive on Stearns and what he's done. I'm sure there's more. I just can't it's friggin' six forty in the morning. I need some coffee. But, Rowdy, what are some other ones you're looking at? Because you're like, well, we should talk about this. So let's talk about it. Well, yeah. I was just going to go through each move year by year. When I go each move, I'm talking about trade. Okay. Just because. Just trades? Yeah. And our and this year right now, I know the jury's out. We're just barely over a quarter of a way through the season. And it is a long season. I get that. But right now, the sticks of the Milwaukee Brewers and some of these guys that were acquired aren't really living up to their how they should be. But – Rowdy, go back to last year. A lot of people want to forget about last year. But last year, the Brewers' offense was actually better last year than they are this year. And last year, we could not even – we were beside ourselves of how bad the Brewers' offense was. Well, and we didn't think it could get any worse. Well, guess what? It's worse. So Andy Haynes is obviously the culprit here, the public enemy number one. But can can we go through some Stearns moves then? What are you looking at? What are you thinking? Well, if, if we start back in 2015 and 16 and we just go through them – because everyone likes to forget because I feel like most people think it was a Stearns move, but it wasn't. It was Doug Melvin is the one that traded Gomez, Carlos Gomez, that is, and Mike Fires for uh, Josh Hader, Adrian Hauser. It was uh, Kurt Phillips, and uh, who was the other one? Domingo Santana. Domingo. That was That was a huge trade especially at the time for getting prospects back and because Gomez was playing really well that year yeah. and Fires was having a pretty good season. and So people lot, think people forget people, that's a Melvin move. Yeah, a lot of people think that that's a Stearns move, but if that's, if they remember, that was Melvin's last year. That's Dougie Fresh. So he started in 15 and 16, David Stearns, that is, and here are some of his moves in 15 and 16. Before you do that, good morning, RJ. Morning. I, I saw he was done eating his breakfast sandwich, so I wanted to include him. All right, all right, all right, all right Rowdy. Manny Pena and Javier Betancourt for Francisco Rodriguez. So they acquired Manny Pena and a prospect. I'd say Pena was worth the. I like 
the like, aging move. I like Manny Pineapple. I mean, Francisco Rodriguez was at the end of his career. Yeah. K-Rod, thanks for your time. Adios. Then you had, uh, they acquired Jonathan VR for Cy Sneed, who was a prospect at the time. I'd say that was worth it. Yeah. VR gave you one good season. Yeah, he was fun so, for a bit. Have you ever heard of Cy Sneed? No. <laughs> Case in point. <laughs> they traded Adam Lind for Freddie Peralta and Carlos Herrera and Daniel Misaki. I'll take Freddie Peralta. I'd say you'd have to say that was a pretty good trade. Correct, Mundo. Adam Lind really didn't have a whole lot left in his career once he left Milwaukee, and you got Freddie Peralta now and some other prospects that maybe they haven't amounted to anything, but Freddie Peralta has. Fastball Freddie, sure baby. Uh, Multiple he's, pitch Freddie. Hey, he's got a winning record, too, for Brewers starting pitching rotation this season. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, he's, got the, he's got the best record. It's nice. Uh, <laughs> he actually gets run support. Traded Jason Rogers for Keon Broxton and Trey Supak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Supak was a prospect. Keon Broxton was kind of at the same point as Jason Rogers, guys that needed yeah. change in scenery. Yeah. That's a meh. That's a meh. Not good. It's not bad. <laughs> Traded Gene Segura and Tyler Wagner, who's a prospect. Mean Gene. For Chase Anderson, Aaron Hill, and Asan Diaz. If you remember, obviously Anderson had a couple good years for the Brewers. Aaron Hill didn't hang around Isn't long. Diaz back with the Brewers now? No, Diaz was in the Christian Yelich trade and is playing oh. in Miami. Oh, I'm thinking Hernan Perez is back in the Miami. Yeah. Okay, that's what I was thinking San about. Diaz is a, he my, was a my prospect apologies. that, yeah, he's still playing second base, I believe, for the And Gene Segura is still doing good. Hernan Perez is now back with the Brewers. Yes. Minor leagues. I think, that, I think I would call that trade a wash because you did get some good years out of Anderson and you mm-hmm. got to use yeah. Diaz as one of the key pieces in the... Uh, Chase Anderson, yeah, when we went to, uh, at then it was called Miller Park, we went to the game. That's where we wanted to fight some Girl Scouts, or more specifically, Rowdy got in some words with some Girl Scouts. We, we drank way too much beer. And then Chase Anderson actually laid down a sack bunt, and we saw, and that was like, I think the last time the Brewers actually had successfully bunted and scored a run with it. Remember and this that, one, Rowdy? Yeah, this oh, yeah, one you were was, there. Sorry, uh, RG, you were there. Your buddy here, Chris oh God, Davis. We, we were, yeah, no, you weren't. We were there, though, yeah. hammered. Chris Davis, your is boy. The, is that the one the guy. Didn't get back to the bus. Yeah, that's when Z and the D crawled into another bus, ah. uh, the luggage compartment, and I fell asleep. It was him too. Sorry, Rowdy. What? Your boy Chris Davis was the last trade of fifteen and sixteen for Jacob Nottingham and Bubba Derby. Bubba Derby and only Nottingham made it up so far. Yeah, and that one, I, I'm close to calling it a wash. What's just Bubba because Derby Chris doing? That's Davis, a great name. Chris Davis couldn't play. He was he's, in minor leagues yeah, last time. He's, I he's doing a. He's doing a good job at AAA. That but. sounds like a baseball player. Like He was destined to be a baseball player. I feel like I can't say that's a bad trade, though, because Chris Davis, though he's had the better career between those two, for sure, he doesn't fit with the Milwaukee Brewers in the National League. No. Like, he was only hampering your team. Look at Bubba Derby, dude. He had a, he had a noodle for an arm. 2016, there weren't very many trades. They, acquired, they traded Jonathan Lucroy and Jeremy Jeffress for Louis Brinson, Louis Ortiz, and Ryan Cordell. All three of those guys were used as trade chips later. Mm -hmm. So I would say for an aging Lucroy and Jeremy Jeffress at the time, I I don't mind that deal. Mm -mm. So right now there's not been a bad one. Nothing terrible. What year are we on right now? 2016. Okay. And then they traded Will Smith for Phil Bickford and Andrew Susak. (laughs) Getting jiggy with it. That's not a good trade. No. Phil Bickford is now, what is he? He just got claimed by somebody. Was it the Dodgers? 
Because remember, he was one of the guys that they had to bring up and down because of all the injuries. Yeah, he's on the Dodgers now. Yeah, he got claimed by the Dodgers. Nice, really, nice never, really never did anything for the Brewers besides give him a few innings here and there. It's like Josh Hader light hair. And Andrew Susak was like the third catcher for the Brewers when he was on their <laughs> roster. Hey, yeah. uh, well, here's the thing. Uh, Infofrost uh, on Twitch says, Jeremy Jeffers is available, guys, per his Twitter. LOL. He is. But... <laughs> Apparently he's untouchable because his own agent is trying to sabotage him. Yep, he is available. We we covered that a couple of months ago. If you go to the sixteen seventeen off season, they acquired Travis Shaw, Mauricio Dubon, and Josh Pennington for Yasan Coca and Tyler Thornburg. That's a pretty good trade because yeah. Thornburg, yeah. Thornburg did, was a baller. All he did was got, get hurt with Boston. And never pitched again. Yeah. Well, came back, but then did bad and. Retired, I think. And you, you, you obviously got some good seasons out of Travis Shaw. Yeah. And you used Dubon and Pennington in other trades. Yeah. All right. So Rowdy, uh, we're up against the break here. We got to do the Razor's Edge coming up. How'd the how'd the rapid fire go yesterday with the three games? One, one, and one, and we scraped some profit. <laughs> one, one, and one. Wow, my man. All right. So there's Rowdy. We're we're going down a rabbit hole here because we're looking at guys we want to fire. And right now, it's obviously Andy Haynes. Andy Haynes, the hitting coach for the Milwaukee Brewers, is literally public enemy number one. The Brewers just got swept by the lowly Kansas City Royals. What was deemed on Monday and Tuesday before the series started as a sure slump buster of being, you know, sweeping the Royals, the slump buster. Like you're out at 2 a.m. at bar time and you've been, you know, you need that slump buster. Deemed the slump buster. Turns out the Brewers were actually the slump buster. For the Kansas City Royals, one of the worst teams in the majors, just swept the Milwaukee Brewers. So we are looking at fall guys here. Started with Andy Haynes, the hitting coach, and now what we need to do is look around to see if anyone else is to blame. And we're running down the list of David Stearns, the Brewers GM and also president of baseball operations, his moves to see how the hell we got here. Oof, tough. Hi, Rowdy. That was the 2016 to 2017, right? Are you still, do you still yeah, have there's more? still one left on 16 and 17. Who is it? Real quick. Real quick, it is Jet Bandy, if you remember him, oh, yeah. for Martin Maldonado and another low-level prospect. That's a wash. So a lot, nothing really too bad, right? Just some washes. I would say goods. everything either positive or neutral right now. Who's going to be a fall guy here? It's got obviously it's Andy Haynes. There's no way that Mark Adonazio, the owner, is going to fire himself. Probably should get a haircut. No, I mean, actually, no, Mark, you do you, buddy. I dig the weird long flow. I also I had the weird long flow too during COVID, uh, the lockdown. I grew my hair out. Didn't get my hair cut for over a year and a couple months. It got pretty bad at the end there. That's why I cut it. It, 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 it was tough. No offense. Mark Adonazio is even tougher though. If you uh, <laughs> yeah. if you see his ponytail, uh, but he's not going to fire himself. Craig Council's not going to be fired. And then it was like, well, what about David Stearns and the moves? So then Rowdy started going down a deep dive of David Stearns and all his moves because I'm like, okay, the, the mantra is, in Stearns we trust. And I can only think of Stearns, Jonathan Scope, three years ago. Stearns apologized for bringing him in. That did not work out. And DFAing Scooter Jeanette. Those are the only ones I can like that are just like blatant that you can really think of. And then Rowdy's like, well, let's talk about it. So, Rowdy, you just went through 2016, 2017, and there was nothing really bad, right? Yeah, I would say from basically – the off season of 2015 and 16, the 16 season, the off season of 16 and 17, there was really nothing egregious. It was all either neutral moves or, or good. net positive moves. Okay, so what about uh, moving forward then? 2017 season, if you remember correctly, they acquired Neil Walker 
from the Mets for Eric Hanhold. I've never even heard of Eric Hanhold, so I'm going to give that a thumbs up. And that's one <laughs> I thought they should have kept him, Walker. Second one, you acquire Jeremy Jeffress again from the Rangers for Taylor Scott. I've never even heard of Taylor Scott. Good I'm going to say good move. Thumbs up. And then the other trade was for another relief pitcher, if you remember, Anthony Schwarzak, where they acquired him for Ryan Cordell, who they acquired in a trade earlier under David Stearns. Is he part of that Cordell and Cordell? <laughs> no, but he, he, he <laughs> played for the White Sox for a little bit, but never really cut it. I could so go for some Corbell. And uh, Swarzak, if you remember correctly, did give them a boost in that 2017 season. I'll give that another thumbs up. RJ, I had one Corbell Manhattan last night. One. I feel hungover today. Oh, that's, I'm getting old. That's, yeah. He, all, right, all, right, all right. Sorry, Rowdy. Next one. 2017-18 offseason. This was the big one, if you remember correctly. That's where they signed Christian or they signed uh, Lorenzo Kane and they acquired Christian Yelich for Lewis Brinson, Monty Harrison. Isan Diaz, who they acquired in an earlier trade, and Jordan Yamamoto. And you could say right now, yes. I mean, that's a thumbs up. You got that's, two, two that's, seasons. That's a two thumbs up. You got two seasons out hey. of a guy at nearly an MVP level. Yes. We'll take that. 2018, they acquired Brad Miller for G-Man Choi. Oh. That, you look at it now, not a good move. I love G-Man Choi. G-Man Choi's actually played pretty good baseball. That's because G-Man Choi's the truth, dude. Yeah. G-G-G-G-G-G-Unit. Sorry. Next one, they acquired... <laughs> love uh, G-Man Choi. Joachim Soria from the Shows. White Sox for Cody uh, Monderos and Wilbur Perez. Neither of them amounted to nothing. I'd give that a thumbs up. I have a Soria. G-Man Choi. Rowdy, you saw my autographed G-Man Choi card in my... It's not outfit. autographed. Is there not an autograph on it? Is it his autograph? It's it's the little fake autograph cards where every card oh, comes with I mean, like yeah. embossed gold. Yeah, it's yeah. his autograph, but he didn't write it. Yeah, so it's not worth anything. Stop, it's G-Man Choi. Sorry, Rowdy, continue. Then you have the uh, Mike Moustakis, where they traded for Mike Moustakis from the Royals, gave up Brett Phillips and Jorge Lopez. Another thumbs up, obviously. I like the Moose. Miss you, Moose. Here's your trade, though. They acquired Jonathan Scope for mm. Jonathan VR. How do you say? Gene Carmona and Luis Ortiz. Shoop. Shoop, baby, shoop. <laughs> Scope stunk. Yeah, he was god-awful. <laughs> stunk. He was not good. He stunk. That one will go with thumbs down. Yeah. <laughs> Should have kept G-Man for a reason. And then, you, I mean, here's the next one. It was Xavier Sedona. If you remember, he was a guy that threw, like, sidearm. That was a relief pitcher for, like, the rest of that season. Do we like nope. sidearm pitchers, yay or nay? Have oh. you ever heard a sidearm pitcher like, yeah, this guy's going to be good? Dennis Eckersley. <laughs> oh, sorry, Roddy. Was he really a sidearm, though? No, he was kind of all over the place. Oh, Sammy Thick Thighs on Twitch. Good morning, Sammy Thick Thighs. Says, Moose is my favorite. Heart emoji, Mike Moustakis. I love Moose, too. Thank you, Sammy Thick Thighs. What's their name? Or I his know. name. I don't I like that. That's their name. Is it thick thighs. Thick, thick thighs. All right, Roddy, continue. Yeah. They didn't give away any prospects for him. He was just whatever. That's that's neutral to me. Acquired Curtis Granderson for another low level prospect that didn't turn out. The grandy man. It's kind <laughs> of a whatever. Granderson. The grandy man. And then how about this one? Acquired Gio Gonzalez for KJ Harrison and Gilbert Lara. No, Gio was good for a little bit. Yeah. For the Brewers, and like I don't a, even know who those other two are. Yeah, the other guys, I mean, haven't really became anything. Gio was pretty good for a bit. Then you go to the offseason of 2018 and 19. You have acquired Alex Claudio for cash. 
Can't say that's bad. Nope. Yeah. He actually was serviceable for a year or so. Yeah, yep. he was fine. Uh, you acquired Ben Gamel for Noah Zavalis. Never heard of him. And Domingo Santana. Domingo! Domingo! Santana, Santana had Santana had what another year or so where he played pretty well and then kind of faded from the league. Ben yep. Gamble, I don't know if you'd ever say he really played well. I'd say that's probably a neutral trade. Yeah. Neither neutral. guy really did a whole lot. And then they acquired Bobby Wall for Felix Valerio and Keon Broxton. I'd say that's net neutral since Broxton and this guy either unknown or haven't done anything, and Bobby Wall can't get off the IL. Yep. <laughs> so, so far breaking it down, there's not really many bad moves for David Stearns. Have we gotten to Ray Black yet? Not yet. Nope. nope. There's no. not been many. There's not, Rowdy, has there been many bad moves for David Stearns yet? They're all, I would say, either net positive or, or pretty neutral. So in Stearns, we trust. Or what year are we on right now? We are going into 2019. Oh, oh. so okay. Let's, uh, let's take a step back here and just uh, re-mention this again. There was a conspiracy theory once muttered on these airwaves by one Rowdy Razor over here, a.k.a. Nelson, a.k.a. Nelly, a.k.a. Rowdy. And, Rowdy, you had a very interesting theory when it comes to David Stearns and how good he was, which right now all net positives for the most part for his moves. And then is it after 2019 where then your theory comes into play more so? Yeah, that this was the summer of 2019, if you remember correctly, where the Brewers' bullpen was absolutely devastated because they continued to go to the bullpen early in April, early in May, and early in June. And by about this mid-June, you could see that this the bullpen was just shot. Mm-hmm. They needed more arms. They were they were basically taking everybody out after five innings. Yep. And they were they were bullpenning as many games. And they were just continuing to allow the pitching staff to struggle without bringing up any reinforcements or making any trades. And if you remember, we were sitting there at uh, University Ridge for the the senior tour event, and we did a show there. And I said, because it was a Friday. It was. It was Conspiracy Theory Friday. And we had just started that Conspiracy Theory Friday not too long before. I said, Conspiracy Theory <laughs> David Stearns is starting to lose it as a GM because if you remember correctly, when they hired him in 2015 slash 2016, that winter from the Astros, from right? the Astros, yep. he was the assistant GM. And if you remember what came out right around those same times, a couple years later was the St. Louis Cardinals yeah. and the Houston Astros hacking into each other's databases. And supposedly one said the other did it. The other said it was the other one. Turns out that the Cardinals hacked in. They ha- tried to hack into everybody's database, so they would have uh, basically the inside scoop on every single um, player profile that yeah. other teams had. It and wasn't then, the password like 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 yeah, it was something like, so basic. Like and Cardinals stupid. one two three. Yeah, it wasn't changed. It was like some like basic. It was like when someone like your parents had their password, and then he was like password one two three. And then the Astros, it sounded like, ended up hacking them to grab their database because they did it to St. Louis. But if you remember correctly, St. Louis did it to everybody, so they would have everybody's database. Mm -hmm. And then when Houston went back to rehack them, they would have everyone's database because St. Louis had everyone's database. Yeah, Yeah, so they were hacking, and they were it was all their prospect list, right? at the time was the assistant GM. Yeah, Stearns was the assistant GM, and he definitely had knowledge of the the hacking. And then that's when I said... By what did I? I think it was by 2019, 2020. His inside track is going to be 
basically a thing of the past because all those prospects that were guys that were uh, on those profiles would start to age out. Or yeah. be in the pros. Or, or yes, they would already be on major league teams or they would start to age out and you wouldn't have the inside track anymore. So Rowdy had the conspiracy theory when we were at AmFam, and this is when another uh, radio show host here in Madison came down and Rowdy's like, I'm going to drop the conspiracy theory when they're here listening to us. Well, that other radio host literally took sound barriers, like because we were in the media area. He took sound barriers and he came up to us and says, uh, I'm just going to have to put these up. And he literally blocked himself out so he couldn't see us or hear us. He literally blocked himself into a tiny little safe space of sound barriers. And then Rowdy dropped the conspiracy theory. And then, Rowdy, we're, we're in the part now of 2019 and beyond where you, where you think it comes it to fruition. It gets interesting. So we're going to do it next with David Stern's moves and Rowdy's conspiracy. So the Brewers just got swept by the Royals. And we're like, okay, Andy Haynes is the fall guy. Andy Haynes needs to be fired. Like that's There needs to be a sacrificial lamb. Joe Boo's rum's not cutting it. Uh, bringing in a live chicken to sacrifice or even a bucket of KFC chicken to eat is not going to be cutting it. Someone needs to be sacrificed, and it's got to be Andy Haynes. It has to be. just has to be. And then we're also going on the list of, like, who else is to blame? Well, Mark Adonacio is not going to fire himself. Craig Council has to shoulder some blame. He's not going to fire himself, though. And then we started talking about David Stearns and his moves. So Rowdy was going over through starting in 2016, and we're all the way up to the 2019 season now. Of David Stearns. And so far, they're all, what, net positives, Rowdy, besides, like, but Jonathan Scope? Out, outside of a few, they've all been either neutral or positive. Yeah. And then you said, David Stearns, re-say re what you said before we hit break very quickly of why you think, and this was a conspiracy theory you had a couple of years ago, of why you think Stearns might be falling off now. Well, I said that in 2019 and 20, he'd start to fall off conspiracy theory because he was the assistant GM for the Houston Astros. Who, if you remember correctly, were caught in the middle of the scandal with the St. Louis Cardinals, who had also hacked into teams' databases yep. with all of their player scouting and player profiles. And Stearns had to have known what was going on because every single move the guy made since he was over there was money. Since he was hired, was money. Yes. And all of a sudden, he wasn't doing anything, wasn't making any moves when the the roster and the bullpen needed some moves to be made. And I said, well, maybe, you know. He had the inside track being the assistant GM. He saw all these when they were hacking it. So he knows everything and he knows the ins and outs of all these players. But by about 2019, 2020, we're getting to the age range where all those guys in 15 and 16, when it when it occurred right before he got hired to, by the Brewers, mm -hmm. they'd all start aging out from their uh, profiles and their minor yep. leagues or they'd already become something. It all stems from the hacker gate. Well, here's 2019 Here season. we go. Here we go. They acquired Jordan Lyles for Cody Ponce. Lyles, I mean, was Lyles didn't really do anything. He was like Cody Ponce isn't really anything. Lyles was serviceable for like a quick minute, wasn't he? For a couple starts, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> All right, so there's that one that's eh. Acquired Jake Faria for Jesus Aguilar. Jesus Aguilar earlier this season was crushing the Milwaukee Brewers at American Family Field. Jesus Aguilar might be an all-star this year. You don't yes. make that trade? And you have a first baseman right now. That's also correct. Who's hitting? And we got. Uh, that's also yes. the second first baseman that's been serviceable in the major leagues since traded that they've traded away. Yeah. If you include him and G Man Choi. Jesus yeah. Aguilar a couple weeks ago came to the AmFam Field and just demolished the Brewers. He also demolished them in Miami. Yeah. And then. Correct. Also during that season, <laughs> they acquired Drew Pomerantz and Ray Black for Mauricio Dubon 
Jay Pom- uh, Drew Pomerantz helped them get to the playoffs because they needed arms. Yep. Ray Black threw a few innings here and there. He was decent though when he was there. In 2020, threw a few innings here and there, but now he's got shoulder and injury day issues. IL. And Mauricio Dubon has basically played the same type of role that uh, as utility. Yeah. yeah, that's played second, short, third, and some outfield. So right so, now there's another wash, kind of. I would say or the net positive. Two. I would say net negative. I think the the two was pretty neutral. Eh, it's about a neutral. Two right, we'll go neutral. One was neutral for sure. One was positive. One was definitely negative. <laughs> All right, and then next. Then you go to the 2019-2020 offseason. They acquired Chad Spanberger for Chase Anderson. Mm. That's a loss. That's a loss. loss. Span, I don't even know if he ever played for the Brewers. Chase Anderson, though, granted, he hasn't ever seen his 2017 version again. Yeah. He's serviceable. He's he's a guy that's been at the end of a rotation. He's been a guy that's been a long reliever. He's not going to be anything pretty, but he's going to give you a serviceable major league arm. Mm-hmm. Spanberger, I, the <laughs> only thing I remember of him is he had one good game in spring training. Yeah, I don't remember much of him at all. I don't even know what he's doing now. And then we get to this trade which I think a lot of people are going to be pretty sour on. Luis Urias and Eric Lauer were acquired from the Padres for Trent Grisham and Zach Davies. Mm-hmm. Davies, obviously, is still a serviceable starter. Trent Grisham has played really well for the Padres since the trade. Obviously, Urias and Lauer, there's a lot more to be desired. Yeah. Yes. So, negative? I would say that's a negative so far. So far. And then you... Look at the last one where they acquired Omar Narvaez for uh, Adam Hill and a draft pick. And that was a good one. That seems good. Thumbs up. So that's it for trades? And that, and then you go into this offseason where there really hasn't been a whole lot of action for... But you just acquired some guys who so far aren't living up to what they're supposed to be doing. But Rowdy, you're going down that little rabbit hole. I mean, Sasquatch Mike, the conspiracy realist. Rowdy's over here with this conspiracy theory about David Stearns and the hacking... What was that the Strohs and the Cardinals, right? Or who was that again? It was who was the hacking hacker gate again? Yeah, it was the Cardinals yeah. and the Astros. Car- the Cardinals and the Strohs. Stearns, an assistant GM, he had all the info and all the guys. And then Rowdy said, "Come 2019, he start falling off." And what's happening, Rowdy? You say he's falling off? Well, like when you talk about some of the moves that he's made, obviously we just talked about trades. Yeah. I would say overall, like with waiver claims, he's done pretty well because he's found a lot of guys off of scrap heaps. But then you have to look at some of the signings and players that he had, and it's pretty hard to unsee what 2020 was. Yeah, and it's hard to unsee what's happening and unfolding in 2021. God. Reichel, is this you? This is me. Oh. I had to switch phones. I don't, I don't know what's going on. Rob, you got two phones? What are you, like a, a drug dealer? What's going on here, Rob? Yeah, I'm, I'm a wannabe Adam Schefter, I guess. <laughs> or you're Kevin Gates. I don't know if you know that artist, but Robbie's got two Phones, Rob. What's up, dude? I, I I'm trying to play some Led Zeppelin for you, but it keeps loading. So your phone's sucking and my computer's sucking. So Rob, just imagine the ocean is playing right now by Led Zeppelin. It's beautiful. Robert Plant singing. Jimmy Page is playing the guitar. And I'm sitting. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Rob Reichel, God's gift to sports talk radio and sports media, just like Led Zeppelin is to rock and roll. Robbie, we had no conversations yesterday about Aaron Rodgers. It was a breath of fresh. It felt nice. That we never even wow. brought up Rodgers you went, once. You went, you went three, four hours without that goofball, huh? Exactly. And I was Thanks like, I'm going to save it for my guy, Reichel. So, Robbie, uh. 
Robbie, I don't even know what's true, what's right anymore, but apparently this, the, you know, the, the sides are still at odds. But Rodgers, I guess, is going to talk for the final Kenny Main show on Monday. Do you think we're going to get an answer of anything from Aaron Rodgers on Monday? I think we'll have a little more clarity, Evo, when it's all said and done. I, I don't think he'd go on Main show and say absolutely nothing. You know, but, but again, I, I'm really intrigued as to which way this is obviously going to go. I, I, don't, I don't think we're going to you know, necessarily get closure of any sort on Monday night. You know, but but he certainly trotted out his minions there, hasn't he, over, over the last <laughs> couple of weeks. He, you know, he's called on, you know, Chummy John Kuhn, right, and, and his pal James Jones and, you know, his, his buddy A.J. Hawk to, to go right. kind of do his dirty work I think for he him, even right? has a radio host demanding that uh, Brian Gutekunst apologizes to Rogers. Uh, even he's got his little lower-level minions out there, too. I, I, th- I think you're spot on, right? He's got he's got the flagship station back in Milwaukee with his with his two cronies that that work there asking the general manager to apologize. I mean, how comical is that, it's, right? It's pretty fun. Um, it's yeah, it's, it's my my lord. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's uh, you know, at, at, and, and here's the question. Here's where we're at, right? Evil are, are are his minions laying the groundwork? Right, by coming out on all these shows and saying it's fixable, it's fixable, it's fixable, because they all continue to have the same message, right? The, 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 the two key words that they've used over and over, you know, from Kuhn to Jones to Hawk, um, has been it's fixable. And we'll see if, you know, this, this was just Rogers laying the groundwork, who's now going to come back and say, oh, this was a media creation, and I didn't say any of this stuff, and and he, you know, he could certainly say it's much ado about nothing, and then come back and, you know, in essence, Evo, he'll have punished the organization for the past month because, you know, there, there's a lot of talking heads, you know, on, uh, across the the, the the random television networks that want to put this all on the Packers, even though I don't think that's remotely close to right or fair. Um, you know, the other thing he could obviously do, Evo, is say, uh, "Hey, the, the marriage is over. I, I'm still dug in." Um, I, I have no intention of going back to Green Bay, and at that point in time, then the Packers are going to have to, I, I think, act reasonably quickly, Evo. You know, not maybe necessarily spot on June 1, when that's the first day they can, they can uh, you know, have the salary cap savings of about $17 million by trading him June 1 or later. Um, but they can't let this get to August like they did with Brett Favre back in the summer of 08. You know, I, they, they can't let this get to training camp. All these guys across the league, Evo, they go and they take their vacations usually as soon as that last uh, mini camp is over. So let's call it June 20th to probably about the second week of July. They all go and get their three weeks. So it would probably be in Brian Gutekunst's best interest to get something done before everybody goes on vacation. Now, if you're John Elway in Denver, you know, are, are you, are you going to cut short a trip to Hawaii to come back and get Aaron Rodgers? Sure, you'll absolutely do that. But I think, you know, if, if, if uh, you know, Gutekunst has enough interest, and I'm sure he's going to evil, we're talking about the MVP, a three-time MVP or a future Hall of Famer, he's going to have three, four teams to play off each other here in early June and come up with the best possible deal. And, again, if, if Rodgers jumps on Maine Monday night and, and says, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm not going back to Green Bay, I'd rather retire or what have you, and you're the Packers holding that, you know, incredible asset, Evo. You move that asset, and you get the draft picks, and you get the players. So, Robbie, 
I was thinking of this. I said this to Nelson yesterday. I'm like, Kenny Mayne's retiring. Watch Rogers come on and say, you know what? You know, you inspired me, Kenny. I'm going to retire too. Well, I don't think Kenny's retiring. I think he was kind of like shoved out because of a casualty when it comes to the lack of money coming in. But yeah, Rogers like, you know what, Kenny, you inspired me. I'm, I'm retiring too. But let's say either Rogers says he retires or he says he doesn't want to be in Green Bay anymore. What does that spell for a wide receiver like Devontae Adams? Are the Packers then going to lose him too? Who cares? Uh, I mean, I, I know that's harsh. And, you know, I, I know I know he's an elite player, but but I mean, Ebo again. I come back to this whole thing. You know, you don't let the inmates run the asylum, and and the Packers would have some options there, obviously with with Diane. Uh, so he's going into his eighth year right now, Ebo. I mean, he's under contract, obviously, for this year. He'll be a Packer in twenty twenty one. He's certainly not going to sit out as you know as kind of a result of what happens with Aaron Rodgers. He's not going to hold out or demand a trade. He's going to play because he's extremely well compensated. Now, if he comes back, Debo, and, and again, I don't think he's going to have 115, 120 catches like he's had, you know, or been on pace with, with Rodgers the last handful of years. Uh, if, if Jordan Love is their guy or if Drew Locke is their guy or if Carr is their guy from the Raiders, whoever it turns out to be, uh, Evo, whoever the quarterback is. But let's say he catches 80 or 90 balls, which I think is certainly, you know, a, a realistic number. Uh, and now he's a free agent in, what, March, middle of March in, in 2022. The Packers could easily take him for a year, Evo, and then by the time he hits the market again the following year, you're talking about a guy who's in the 10th year of his deal, he's, you know, or 10th year in the league, he's a wide receiver, they, they, they do seem to drop reasonably quickly once they hit that you know, early to mid-30s uh, you know, point in, the, in their careers, and the Packers will have clearly milked the best years out of Devontae Adams that he'll, he'll have ever had. Now, you know, at that point in time, Adams can join Rodgers in Denver or Oakland or Miami or wherever it would turn out to be. But, um, you know, again, Evo, um, it, it's going to be a really, really critical time here for the organization and, and for Brian Gutekunst and Matt LaFleur to get everybody on the same page if this Rodgers trade moves, moves on. I mean, you're, you're, you're going to probably lose some support inside that locker room. You know, the Hall of Famer is gone, and, and it's going to be a transition year. I I would certainly think, but um, it's going to be a really critical time in kind of the Lafleur era here to prove he can lead, you know, with or without a Hall of Fame quarterback. Because Evo, I, I continue to say this, you know, they're going to pick up thirty-five million dollars in cap space on a normal year, Rogers versus Love here for the next three seasons. The rest of that roster is pretty darn good. I, I don't expect Jordan Love in in twenty twenty one. Um, you know, maybe to be any better than the 20th or 25th best quarterback in football. But if you show signs, Evo, um, of, of great potential and upside where a, a year from now we're talking about him being somewhere between, let's say, 12th and 16th or something like that, the way that roster is constructed and the, and the amount of salary cap room they will have, Evo, um, you know, I think they would have a dip in 2021, obviously, but they're going to be right back in the chase by 2022, 2023, for great things inside the NFC if Jordan Love can play. Rob Reichel joining us right now at Forbes.com. You can check him out on Twitter at Rob Reichel. So, Robbie, you know, obviously this is um, a story that just won't go away. We won't know much till, like you said, in June. Uh, but outside of that, uh, OTA starting up, is that next Monday for the Green Bay Packers? I imagine Rodgers also not going to be there. You know, it, it is voluntary. It's not mandatory. They don't have anything mandatory, Evo, until – um, you know, until we get into June. And, and Rodgers might not be the only player that, that chooses to, to skip this and, and miss this. And um, so, we'll, you know, we'll find out once, once we get to that. 
uh, next week. They they obviously had the rookie camp last weekend, and right now they're in, now they're into their uh, you know non mandatory or voluntary OTA. Uh, you know, coming up next week. So, um, no, it, it'll be real interesting on a roll call standpoint. I, I think Debo, who shows it, who doesn't. I, I think the majority of guys will be there. Last year was obviously, you know, the COVID scare and, and all that kind of stuff. But there are certain teams already, Evo, like Philadelphia, that, that has canceled some of this stuff. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I personally, Evo, I don't get it. You know, the, the, the players want to do less and less and less in the offseason, and they're, and they're using COVID as a reason for it, and you know, trying to move forward um, and things like that. I, I don't know. If, if you want to hone your craft to me and, you, you, you know, you want to be the best in your profession, you know, the, these are key months, May and June and July, to, to, make, to make up ground and make some strides on some other players. So um, I'm not a big advocate of these guys trying to do less and less and less in the offseason. Um, I, you know, my, my belief is, is the way it was structured was, was fine and, and, and it was terrific, but we'll see. They, they do have the option evil of obviously not going and, uh, you know, we'll see who kind of takes advantage of that. So Rob, um, I mean, not really much else on the Packers front, right? I mean, we had the schedule last week and then it's just basically Rogers drama. And then, uh, I guess John Dietzen had the best looking hair for Packers rookie camp over uh, last weekend. Yeah. Well, I mean, is there anything else I'm missing here for the Packers besides Rogers drama? No, you know, I mean, it, it is interesting. I mean, it, it's been a remarkably quiet, you know, seven to ten days. The, the, the rookies showed up, and again, you know, there, there were only about 20 of them in the building. They couldn't do a whole lot in terms of practicing. So the practices were even short, even less than an hour um, and things like that. Um, you know, but but it was kind of the first-hand look at, at some of these rookies. And, and again, you know, you and I a couple weeks ago certainly talked about this rookie class, and, and I think they're going to get a lot of help immediately, Evo. I mean, I really do. I think Myers will be the starting center. I think Rodgers, you know, Amari Rodgers, that is, maybe the new A-Rodg um, in, in Green Bay. I, I think he's going to be on the field 50% of the time or more, working out of the slot or, um, you know, doing some things that Matt LaFleur will be creative with to get the ball in, in his hands. You know, I, I think a couple of these other linemen have a chance to, to, to make some noise. A kid like Royce Newman, the, the, the fourth-round kid. You know, he, he won the one thing. That's going to be really interesting to watch once we get to camp. Is is Eric Stokes the first round corner? I mean, if, if he shines, Ebo, um, and, if, and if he's he's tearing it up on a day to day basis, there's no guarantee that Kevin King is on the roster. And I, and I know, you know, probably fifty percent of Packer Nation, maybe more, will celebrate if, if that happens following the NFC Championship game. But but no, to your question, Ebo, it's it's, it's been pretty quiet um, over there. Um, the Packers are, you know, they've been mum on the Rodgers front other than Matt LaFleur with his kind of pathetic plea last week for, for him to <laughs> come it, back. Did, right. Was it me or did it sound like he was crying? Oh, he was pretty close to crying. He was, <laughs> he was, begging, he was begging the wife or the girlfriend to come home, that's for sure. <laughs> hey, Rob, um, Rob was, uh, yeah, that's funny, dude. It, 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 it was pretty rough to watch. Hey, but, be- uh, <laughs> before I let you go, Robbie, no, hey, before I let you go, Robbie, uh, two questions. Uh, one, Who's going to be starting quarterback week one for the Packers? Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love, or Blake Bortles? Your answer would be? Evo, I'm going to go with none of the above. Oh. <laughs> Matt LaFleur, player I, coach. I know. I, I, I think they're going to get a quarterback back in a Rodgers trade, and he's going to be a bridge guy for one year. Maybe, a, maybe in my, my pick there, and I he probably has long odds in Vegas, but it's going to be somebody like Carr from – you know, Las Raiders. Vegas, who comes in from the Raiders, right, who comes in for a year, 
and, and it gives them that extra year to groom Jordan Love. And if that happens, Evo, I mean, I'm, I'm just telling you, you know, that that's still a top 15 quarterback in the league, okay? Um, the way the rest of that roster is put together, they will win the NFC North with a guy like Carr, and they will be a three-seed, a four-seed, something like that in the playoff. You know, if they get back three ones in Carr, that's a hell of a deal, Evo, and I would jump on that in two seconds. You know, if, you know because if Love again can play, you are set up for another decade of really good football in Green Bay. And, Rob, anything you want to say to Craig Council, Andy Haynes, and the Milwaukee Brewers? Take two weeks off and then quit. Rob, we appreciate your time, buddy. We'll check you out at Rob Reichel on Twitter, Forbes.com. And uh, I always forget the last one, Conway Media. Conley Media, you're close, my friend. Damn it, Tom. <laughs> Damn it. Conley Media. I see you covering and crushing for Middleton. I see you what the, the girls' team won state, right, for golf? We're all over the place, Evo. We're all over the state covering anything and everything possible. Yeah, Conley. Major, major kudos to, to, uh, to, to the Middleton girls' golfers who brought home a second straight title. So. And Conley Media. Conley Media. I'm going to start texting <laughs> you before the show. Thank you. See you, Rob. You're the man. We love you. See you, pal. See you, buddy. Any advice for the Brewers? Yeah, take two weeks off, then quit. Doug called and said he he hates rebuild. I hate hearing the word rebuild. I hate rebuild. Blah, 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 blah. And you were kind of saying this to me off air a little bit. And then the Real McSee, the Real McSee tweeted at me. He says, tell Doug that's the way of the world for teams like the Brewers. You have to rebuild to be relevant for two to three years and then stink for five to ten. It's small market baseball. Accept it or be middling for the entire time. Everyone wants big signings in Milwaukee. It doesn't work. Grow the talent within, then trade for the pieces you need to finish off a playoff roster. You take on big contracts, and the rest of the roster is held together with duct tape. Is this the? Is this just what we uh, have to be doing as Brewers fan? Small market baseball? Is you have to stink for a long stretch to be have this window for two to three, maybe four years? Well, if if you if we go back into Brewers timeline here, back into their history of the last five, six, seven years, we were talking about earlier David Stearns and some of his trades, right? Mm-hmm. And how he became the general manager of the Milwaukee Brewers in the winter of fifteen slash sixteen. Doug Melvin was obviously the general manager before that. And we talked and we talked about one of the big, you know, misnomers is that that Josh Hader deal was not David Stearns. Yes. It was Doug Melvin. It's Dougie. And at the time, if you remember... Not Doug not Doug and Shano, but Doug Melvin. The Milwaukee Brewers traded away a lot of ats, assets in that last year or two of Doug Melvin and rebuilding. Mm-hmm. And if you remember correctly, that land they had a really strong farm system. And then David Stearns made some moves, obviously strengthened the farm system with some of his picks... But a lot of that farm system was built up by Doug Melvin. And now, what have they done since then? Well, if we remember in in uh, in the what was it, the winter of seventeen and eighteen, yeah. when they swung that deal for Christian Yelich, they signed Lorenzo Cain. Yes, they had enough people in the farm system to make those trades, to continue to be able to make trades, and a lot of those prospects were already starting to get to the big league level and show some promise because they had a top five um, farm system. Yes. And they had to hit on their trades, right? Well, obviously the Christian Yelich and Lorenzo Cain trade hit in 2018 and 2019. 
And that trade kind of allowed them to not go full rebuild, but kind of swing into a, hey, we're bringing in some big time players. Yeah. We have some cash like, flow. We think we can like do this again. And, yeah, yeah, we don't have to totally rip it down. Hope to lightning win strikes a couple more times. And they went for it. And I think the biggest crime for the Milwaukee Brewers, if I'm being completely honest, is the COVID-19 pandemic, which completely killed their 2020 season and it since then has hampered their 2021 well, season. Well, wasn't that 2020 season, like, going into that before Rona, it was, like, the end of their window? Well, they you saw in they 2000... Kind of, they kind of had some duct tape, like, all right, we're gonna, we can make this window prop it up a little you longer. You saw in 2017, you're like, okay, there's some promising young players. They still have a big-time farm system. Then was the Yelich deal. Yeah. Then they, they came out of nowhere with some, some guys that played out of their mind that year, and they're a game away from going to the World Series. Mm-hmm. So then they... They brought in Mike Moustakis in 18, if you remember correctly. Ooh. They obviously, before the season, brought in Yelich and Kane. Those were three former All-Stars. Yes. Like, those those are three big-time players. Then you already had, like, your Travis Shaws that were playing well, dating back to 17. You had the promise of Orlando Arcia. You had some of these pieces. 2019, you moved that story forward. You brought back the majority of that team. Remember, they uh, they had uh, Yasmani Grandal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they brought back Moustakis like they added another all star on that team. Now, did they come up short? Yes. Was the pitching uh, worse than it was in 2018? Yes. But they they actually did spend some money. They still had their window to go for it. And they still had the the prospects in the minor leagues to make some trades. Yeah. Which they did in 2019. Now, in 2020, going into that, obviously, that covid year, they still had. One, they still had some money that they could spend. And two, they still had some prospects that they could unload. Now, did they unload them necessarily the best they could? No, some would say not, especially with the Arias and Lauer deal for Grisham. But you, you can't be perfect every time. No, you can't. But they would have spent a lot more money in 2020 had that team have played. And then all of a sudden you have a guy like Lorenzo Kane who's aging. He's aging. He's now... 34 years old in 2020, and he sits out for a full year. I like this tweet here from uh, Coogsy Bear. What's up, Alex? He says, trade Kane for a prospect or two if you can e- if you can even uh, get anything for him, but most importantly, you dump his overpaid contract, and maybe he can actually make a decent signing. And it's, it's true. I mean, I just don't know what you can really get for him at this point, and maybe hoping he figures it out is, is more... Well, then you got what? Just Jackie Bradley Jr. out there, I and mean, he's he's not doing. Yeah, he's, but he's he, been the thing 159. with him is, I know he had a home run last night, but he's been one fifty nine. He's got a player's option for next year, which is at nine and a half million dollars. Oh, which yeah, if he continues right. to play like this, no, the Brewers aren't going to want him back. But he's got the option. It's a player. Yeah, option. it's a player option. And who's going to want to take on a, a guy that's batting a hundred and what one sixty one seventy? Yeah, one, he's one fifty nine right now. <laughs> His on-base percentage who's is gonna, Who's going to want to pay that guy almost $10 million? I wouldn't imagine many. Especially at age 32. Yeah. So, I mean, they... But what I was getting at with 2021, it was set up for Ryan Braun's contract to come off, Christian Yelich to continue being MVP. You have Lorenzo Cain continuing to be in a, a perennial all-star. You had all of this set up to be a contender, legitly in 20 and 21, 
but the pandemic really threw a wrench in it. I'm actually surprised they spent as much money as they did this Same. That was, was surprising. But now... We have, Christian Yelich is nowhere near anywhere close to... No one's going to confuse him with an MVP. But now you look at some of the guys that are supposed to be big names on these teams, like the Canes, like the Bradleys, like the Avisel Garcias. All their contracts are up and due either this year or next year. And you're sitting there looking at, okay, they do have Christian Yelich long-term, but he hasn't been the Christian Yelich of 18 and 19. Or you look at some of the pitching that they have, like Brandon Woodruff's going to be here for the next foreseeable future. Josh Hader's under contract for the foreseeable future. Corbin Burns is under contract for the foreseeable future. But you start to look at the team and where their contracts line up and how much money they've spent. Do you really think that they can win a World Series in the next uh, year or so? No. Do you think they can win it in the next three years? Because you're going to lose Lorenzo Cain. Omar Narvaez has just one year left on his deal after this year. You have Colton Wong, who's got one more deal, one more year after this year in a club option. You have, I already said Kane is gone after next year. Avisel Garcia is done at the end of this year. Jackie Bradley Jr. has an option for next year. I mean, well, wait a minute. in what universe do you think the Brewers, the Brewers have the pitching? Think of this. The histor- this is probably the best pitching staff the Brewers have had. And they are 21 and 22. They just got swept by the Kansas City Royals, who are one of the worst teams in baseball. And the pitching lived up to what, you know, you just threw your two best hitters, or pitchers, excuse me. Brandon Woodruff and Corbin Burns. They have a combined win-loss record of what, Rowdy? Four and five? Yep. Do you think with how everything's going right now that you can see the Brewers even making the playoffs right now? Well, right now, because you can't win the World Series unless you make the playoffs. Right now, you got it. You get you're fighting for second in the Central, and you're hoping that it could potentially be the last wild card spot if you don't get hot. And right now, there's nothing with that offense that says they're going to get hot. No. So that's why I'm saying, do you really think they can win win it all this year or next year? So are you saying tear it down and rebuild? I'm saying you might have to legitly consider it. Because you're in this weird gray area right now where you're like, well, we got this pitching, you, and all but your, ain't nobody can hit. And all of your pitching is here long term right now. Yeah. But all of your hitting is aging, and outside of Christian Yelich, will be gone in the next year or two. We have a question here from the King, and I am scared to ask it because I'm scared to hear the answer. But here's the thing. I don't shy away from anything anymore. The King says, in 50 years, who's more likely to win a World Series, the Cubs or the Brewers? Well, it's it's money talks, and the Cubs have way more money. I don't want to have to be the one to say it, so I'm glad that you said the answer, Rowdy. I can't I can't bring myself to physically say the team that I... Well, okay, think about it. I will it. vomit. Right now, we're in this season currently. The Chicago Cubs and the Milwaukee Brewers are about neck and neck. Cubs, what, half a game up or whatever? Yeah. The Cubs are 21 so and 2500. The Brewers are one game below 500. The Brewers are kind of in this in-between area with their contracts. The Cubs are basically shedding the majority of their contracts. And uh, what team can spend more money just in general? What the Cubs. What team has a better farm system currently? Every every answer, every question you're going to ask, ask Rowdy, the answer will be the Chicago Cubs. Yeah, the only thing that you can say that the Brewers right now have better than the Cubs is currently the pitching staff. <laughs> I just, I'm going to be ill. And how how the tables have turned in the last two and a half weeks. My, 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 how the turntables turn. <sighs> but I just don't know if you can completely do this with just uh, a half teardown. We got a tweet here from J.A. Krabs. He says, 
the trade list. Everybody besides Woodruff and Burns. Oh, Cinderella Man on Twitch says, wait, what did I miss? I fell back asleep. Well, that's that's oh, on you. You missed it. You missed it, brother. You missed it. That's that's on you. I don't get why you're taking naps during six to ten in the morning. Yeah, you what are you, be, Charlie? You should be taking naps from about seven to ten at night. Yeah. What are you, Charlie? Go sippy sippy, nappy, nappy. Oh, I just meant during the brewer the brewer games. game. All right, Rowdy. So speaking of the brewer game, it was abysmal. But how about this? Another no hitter was thrown in baseball. This one coming from Corey Kluber of the New York Yankees. And now uh, the Mariners, the Rangers, and the Indians, and the Indians, all have two no hitters on them this season. And I almost feel like the Brewers' bats have been so bad. You might as well almost add them to the list. <laughs> well, <laughs> like I, I feel like it's, a, I feel like it's inevitable. No they haven't been no hit yet, but it's it, in it's time. An, doesn't Give it, it feel like doesn't it feel like it's inevitable that it's going to happen? What is happening to baseball? They're on pace for eighteen no hitters this season. On pace. What's the record, Rowdy, for no hitters in a season? Eight. And that was in before the modern era. Yeah, that was eighteen eighty four. About twenty years after the Civil War. <laughs> Let that sink in. <laughs> what is going on in baseball? Oh, I know what it is. It's me hit home run or me strike out. Let's go to the phones quick. Welcome to the show. Who's this? This is Jimmy. Hey, what's up, brother? Dude, I kind of, you know that uh, that old age old adage that says, uh, be careful what you wish for? Yes. Uh, I spent all those years wishing for brewer, brewer pitching, and uh, now our bats don't work. So. <laughs> That's not great. Also, Schneider uh, makes a delicious Aventina that's around 9 or 10%. It's fantastic. And I also know a guy who has a 60% liquor. There. Oh, God, I, I, keep forgetting the, I, keep, I keep forgetting the text that guy. 60% whiskey, I'm sorry. It's a 90% liquor, but it's 60% Timmy, whiskey. Timmy, you, you tell that guy that I have uh, passed along the message. I wrote it down on a notepad to, <laughs> to text that guy, okay? Sounds great. You guys have a good day. You too, Timmy. See you, buddy. Yeah, bye. So Tim brings up a good point right there. Rowdy, I have, as a Milwaukee Brewers fan, wished for years and years and years. I've prayed to God, the flying spaghetti monster, um, whatever the Scientology god is. I've prayed to everything. Tom Cruise. Yeah, Tom Cruise. I've prayed to everything to have the Brewers have a great pitching staff. And Timmy just said it, be careful what you wish for, as the Brewers have one of the best pitching staffs in the majors. But now... The one of the worst hitting offenses in Major League Baseball. Yeah, fourth the worst. Say that again. They're the fourth worst hitting team in baseball this year. Hey, I'm going to drink a little beer over that. Thanks to Voodoo Ranger. Mm. Rowdy, what's going on with baseball? How are they already? It's honestly getting hard to watch. So. Is it baseball in general, or is it just the Brewers? How is there already six no hitters? I'm going to say baseball in general, but I'm going to say when you're the bot, if baseball as a whole is getting harder to watch in general, and you're at the bottom of the barrel of baseball when it comes to hitting, it's almost unwatchable, right? <sighs> well, that's why you told Cinderella man that she'd be napping starting at seven o'clock. So that's when the Brewers start. It it so. I have MLB.tv because I had those free months things that I won. Mm-hmm. And I used it because I'm like, okay, all these streams are now starting to get kind of shut down. You know, it's kind of stinks. Don't have a login. Dish Network still hasn't figured their crap out. 
And, um, of course, baseball still has blackouts if it's in your which area. Is which the is the dumbest, dumbest thing, thing ever yeah. in 2021. Having blackouts is the dumbest thing ever. And then, and I'm not talking about the four beers that I have sitting to the right of me here. On top of it, like I'll I'll tune into like I'll pull up a game like if we bet on it in the uh, Razor's Edge, I'll pull it up and like watch it on mm-hmm. my phone if I'm not doing anything. And it's like you watch it, and it's not just the Brewers. Like the Brewers do it really bad, but it's not like baseball is <laughs> doing it good. If that makes sense, there's I mean. Last night you saw the Royals manufacture runs. They won the game against the Brewers. They bunted a couple times. The Brewers in, and by the way, that yeah. can we like tip our cap to the Royals for for I'm not I'm not a guy that says bunt 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 bunt. Same, every neither am I. Time, neither am I. But there's a time and a place for it. That's why it exists. Mm-hmm. And I think you can say when it was raining and it's all wet and you want to put the ball in play and you've been struggling to put the ball in play. I think the Royals executed to perfection. I mean, look at what they did. They they bunted twice and it worked twice. Like manufacturers, if the she gone movement, the she gone movement, is she gone is you get up the bat and you swing for the fences, and if you don't hit a home run, you strike out. That's the she gone movement. Pronounced she gone, Rowdy. If that's not working, what's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again and hoping for different results. Isn't that the Milwaukee Brewers? Like, here's my thing with with what we've been seeing the last, well, five years to a decade. But it seems to just continue to ramp up more and more. Now baseball's talking about how they want to get rid of the shift. Well, here's my thing. Why are you getting rid of the shift? Why don't you just have professional hitters be professional hitters? Like, because if you're professional at something, doesn't that mean you're the best at it? Now I'm going to name that you'd some, be able to do something a certain way. I'm going to name some names that are obviously Hall of Famers that were some of the greats. But you had guys like I don't know Tony Gwynn, Wade Boggs that could literally hit the baseball wherever they wanted to. Now I'm not saying everyone has. And the by the way, Wade Boggs, that. Wade Boggs is smiling at us right now, knowing we're drinking four beers in the morning. You know that. <laughs> by the way, great always sunny in Philadelphia. How many episode. how many how many beers did Wade Boggs drink in that flight? Well. According to the lore, it's anywhere from 40 to like 80. So don't judge us for drinking four beers in the morning. But yes, Wade Boggs, Tony Gwynn. But you don't have to be one of those guys to be able to do that. And it's and it's it's just so sickening when you have a guy like, we'll, we'll just say, for example, Daniel Vogelback. He obviously isn't running a 4-3 anytime <laughs> soon. He's probably lucky if he's sitting at 5-3 right now. I feel like he'd be running like an 8-3. And all they do is shift fully to the right side, and big boy comes up there, big boy swings hard, big boy hits ball far, or big boy me hit ball far, strikes out, or grounds into their little shift. Yet all he had to do was, I don't know, maybe choke up on the bat a little bit, sit on the pitch, take it the other way, or maybe even bunt it the other way for a guaranteed base hit. And people that say bunting is a thing of the past, do you remember when there was no baseball this spring? Do you remember when we were sitting here doing nothing, fiddling our thumbs, and Korea and Japan were playing baseball? Yeah, I remember that. Japan has a bunting contest at their all-star game. That's true. They do have a, in their all-star competition, they have a bunting contest. You know, honestly, where the purest form of baseball currently is? Tell me. It's in Japan. It ain't in America? No, it's in Japan. Huh. 
So has America's pastime turned into uh, Japan's pastime? Well, they say that uh, America comes and goes with baseball, and baseball's in the crapper. Man. All right, we'll take a step back. End on that note right there. I got some beer to drink.